0: Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on '90s R&B and hip hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to my little show, a place where it's '90s music all day and all night. And I am your host. And for today's episode, we're gonna be doing something a bit different. Truly the 90s was slash is the best decade for R&B and hip-hop, and my aim is to hit all the greats from that era, but that also includes artists who made an impact with just one hit. Frequently called one hit wonders, these are artists that are mainly known for just one big hit and my hope today is to reflect on just a few of them. So we will not do a featured song this week because all of the songs are essentially featured songs. So on that note, let's get to our first one hit wonder. Released in July 1990, the song was actually written when the artist was just 16 years old, basing the lyrics off some weekend events he had with DJ friends in South Florida. This song would become such a major hit and I honestly knew it was a hit, but not until I started my research that I realized the impact it had made, but it actually helped hip hop music crossover into the mainstream. My first one hit wonder is Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. V.I.P. Let's kick it. Ice, ice, baby. Ice, ice, baby. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Corrush the speaker that... Ice Ice Baby was the B-side to the single Play That Funky Music, but when DJs began spinning the record over, that is when this distinctive bass line hit with audiences, and the song would become the first rap song to top the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, that's crazy right? Ice Ice Baby was the first to do that, kinda makes your head spin, at least it makes mine. It became an international hit, topping the charts not only in the US, but in the UK australia new zealand belgium and ireland robert matthew van winkle was born in dallas texas on october 31st 1967 he never knew his biological dad and was given the last name of his stepfather by the age of four his mom divorced and he would spend time going back and forth between dallas and now miami At a young age, he became interested in rap music and the whole hip-hop culture, stating that he loved poetry and that the hip-hop movement molded him to what he would become. In his early teens, he began dancing and practicing breakdancing, which led to his friends nicknaming him Vanilla, as he was the only white kid in his group of friends. Yeah, I totally see that. While he didn't really like the nickname, it stuck. Soon after, he began freestyling rap rhymes for his friends and formed a breakdance dance troupe. He went from being called MC Vanilla to finally Vanilla Ice. The ice came from one of his signature dance moves. It was during one fateful night in South Dallas that Vanilla Ice and friends went on to a popular club called City Lights, where he was dared to go up on stage during open mic. After some liquid courage, he took the stage and began spitting some rhymes he'd written, beatboxing and all. The crowd was initially quiet and unsure, but soon began cheering him on, chanting, go white boy, go white boy, go. Mm -hmm, I can see that too, etc. He then asked the DJ to play the song, Yeah Boy by Rodney O and Joe Cooley, where he then began breaking out his dance moves. The crowd was shocked and impressed. He was handed several business cards that night, and in that, he found a manager and began a nightly act at the club. He quickly began performing as an opening act for artists who came to town, including bands such as 2 Live Crew, MC Hammer, and Rob Bass. MC Hammer would have this to say about Vanilla after seeing him perform. Quote, I was shocked to see a white kid who was number one rapping and number two dancing. He was playing for a 100% black club, the only white kid in there, but that didn't deter him. He wasn't trying to emulate dance moves. He was dancing, end quote. Vanilla Ice quickly got a small time deal with a local record company and got a music producer who went by the name Earthquake, who started working on debut music with the rapper. Looking for samples to get the music going, he went for what seemed like the most obvious choice for a first single, and that was the Wild Cherry song, Play That Funky Music. Ice did record that song, but unbeknownst to them, another white rap group had already used that sample that year before. Looking for more inspiration, Earthquake browsed through more old albums until he came across Queens Under Pressure. The producer also claims he got the line, Ice, Ice Baby, Too Cold, Too Cold from the 1988 Spike Lee movie School Days. Now that was my joint. So, as the story goes, the single for Play That Funky Music was given to a local radio station where it went nowhere. Then one day, the DJ, Daryl J, flipped over the single and played Ice, Ice Baby, and the switchboard lit up. So here's the thing, because there's no video for the song at that time, people assumed the rapper they heard was black. They quickly sold 48,000 copies in just two months, which made the song an underground success. With an $8,000 budget, a video was shot and sent to the jukebox network and BET. Major label deals came in and Ice was just about to sign with Def Jam when an offer came in from SBK Records with a reported $1.5 million sign-on bonus. Wow, really? So he basically didn't have to be asked twice. Vanilla Ice released a full album to the extreme and the song Ice Ice Baby quickly went to number one in the US as well as several countries. Then the controversies started. The first was the sample taken from Queen, but of course, they never got permission. Queen and David Bowie's teams threatened a lawsuit for copyright infringement. First, Vanilla Ice went public trying to claim the bass lines were not the same. And just to prove his point, Vanilla breaks it down and sings the dings. <laughs> ding, 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 diggy, ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 diggy, ding, 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 ding. That's the way there's goes. Ours goes, ding, 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 diggy, ding, ding. ding, 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 ding. That little bitty change, it's not the same. Ours goes, ding, 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 ding. There's goes Ours goes. Ice, ice, baby. Little bitty change, it's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> It's by me. Yeah, I remember watching this on TV. Um, yeah, no Han. just just no. He would later admit to taking the sample without permission and the suit was settled out of court with a financial compensation. David Bowie and Queen were all then given songwriting credit for the sample. The next controversy would be Vanilla Street or hip-hop credibility and his origins. In an effort to protect his family's privacy, he decided not to discuss his upbringing, and with that, SBK, his record label, published a biography on his behalf, but falsifying details, such as growing up on the streets of Miami, and things such as attending the same high school with Luther Campbell from Two Live Crew, and things like being a multi-award-winning motocross champion. You know, just, just a couple little lies like that. Details that exaggerated the truth and started to tear down his authenticity. The media and critics quickly began to question who Vanilla Ice really was and what was the truth. The source, which is basically the Bible of hip-hop, ran a one-page rant titled, Vanilla Ice, Our Worst Nightmare? The TV show In Living Color did a hilarious spoof of Vanilla Ice starring Jim Carrey. All right, stop while I do up my laces. This kind of thing happens every show. Yo, I gotta learn how to tie a ball. What's your real name? Robert Van Winkle. Why did you G! Nothing rhymes with Winkle. Pump, pump, pump. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm white and I'm capitalizing on a trend that's currently rising. Mix it with Curly and Larry and Moe. Whoop, 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 whoop. Hey yo Maybe never i become richer with every endeavor I'm living large and my bank is stupid Cause I just listen to real rap and doop <laughs> In general, Vanilla Ice became a laughing stock in the music industry and his overly confident personality and the fact that he was constantly seen in the media dodging questions and giving silly and stupid quotes only further hurt his career. By the time the movie Coolest Ice came out in the fall of 1991, the writing was on the wall. His rap career was wrapping up. The movie bombed and he was lambasted as being a lame novelty act. Ice began to attempt to distance himself from this persona by recording a new album with dreadlocks and embracing a new Rastafari look, but there was no love from the public. By the mid to late 90s, he started focusing on his motocrossing and jet skiing and eventually took an interest in real estate. While he continued to try and make new music, mostly with a hard rock edge, he found more success in real estate, selling and renovating houses, and eventually real estate investing. In 2009, the rapper began starring in his own reality TV show on the DIY network called The Vanilla Ice Project, which shows him complete home renovation projects. The show went on for nine seasons and until 2019. He continues to invest in real estate and make music on the side. Rapper Eminem has name-dropped him numerous times and Ice even appeared in his video for the song, We Made You. There was a time when Vanilla Ice appeared to be embarrassed of the song Ice Ice Baby, but since learned to embrace it in his small piece of music history. And I defy you to hear the song Ice Ice Baby come on at a club and not either start singing or dancing along. I dare you. (laughs) Okay, moving on to our next featured song. In 1990, rapper D Nice debuted his first album under Jive Records, and with it his lead single, the title track Call Me D Nice. My name is D Nice, D nice. My name, my name is my D-Nice, Nice. My name is D-Nice, it This is D Nice. And I'm about to drop some funky lyrics on this track I made up. You know what I'm saying? Huh. And you don't stop My name is D-Nice Although I hate to admit it Taking out your suckers And you don't know how I did it See every episode Remains in this mode. Very cool, very calm There's no sweat in my palm I just pick up the mic Proceed with a song I get right to the point My composition's not long or short It's like a sport Hanging in the middle But now if you're puzzled song went to number 1 on the hot rap songs chart and number 19 on the hot R&B hip hop songs chart for me personally it was that beat yes caught my attention right away and had my head bopping every time the video came on this song also features two samples the first is from a song called buzz saw from the group the turtles yep did you catch it just a tiny snippet used with the beat and the second sample is just as small it's taken from a song called this is detroit soul by a paul nero oh you know that fab soul rhythm don't you Now this is to tell you about Detroit. Yeah, that is mainly from the bass line, but I have to say the producers of D-Nice's song put them together so well that the finished product doesn't really sound like either of its samples. D-Nice would have a second single, Crumbs on the Table, that would peak at number 17 on the Hot Rap Songs chart. The album as a whole peaked at number 75 on the Billboard 200. Derek Jones was born and raised in Harlem, New York on June 19, 1970. He moved to the Bronx as a teenager, which is where he met Scott LaRock and along with KRS-One would form Boogie Down Productions. As a music producer, he gained attention when he produced the song Self Destruction for the Stop the Violence Movement. Yes, I am making note of that one. It was after the success of that song that he landed a recording deal with Jive Records and recorded his debut album, Call Me D-Nice. The Source Magazine rated it 3.5 out of 5 mics. After clashing over creative differences with his label Jive, D-Nice decided to stop recording music and went on to become a web producer, and later in the 1990s, he started his own creative services company. He later got into photography, and then in March 2020, he began hosting Homeschool at Club Quarantine on Instagram Live to perk up people's spirits and bring some fun while in quarantine during the coronavirus pandemic, which as of today, I cannot wait to be over. This was the first time I'd seen him in decades and was happy to see him and know lots of people enjoyed it. In March of 2021, D-Nice hosted a virtual dance party which lasted nine hours and drew over 100,000 viewers, including celebrities such as Lenny Kravitz, Janet Jackson, Michelle Obama, Angela Bassett, Now Rodgers, Joe Biden, and Sheila E. just to name a few. The following day, he hit the maximum cap of simultaneous viewers with 150,000 at a time. He also was the recipient of the Webby Artist of the Year Award in 2020. He was also honored for the Shine a Light Award during the 2020 BET Awards along with Timbaland and Swiss Beats as creators of the Versus online performances. D-Nice also won Entertainer of the Year at the 52nd NAACP Image Awards. And in June 2021, he was also awarded the ASCAP Voice of the Culture Award for his contributions to providing inspiration and hope during the global pandemic. D-Nice continues to DJ and live stream and has over 2.6 million followers on Instagram. Now moving on to 1993, when we got two hits with pretty much the same message. I'm talking about Whoop There It Is by 95 South, no wait, Won't There It Is by Tag Team. Yeah, both songs came out just two months from each other. And honestly, I remember being confused on why they were two of basically the same song. <laughs> okay, let's get into that. Let's start with 95 South's version. In March, 1993, 95 South released the lead single from their debut album, Quad City Knock. And that was the song, Whoop There It Is. Specify. This is Woot. Woot spelled W-H-O-O-T. Emphasis on ending with the T. The song was produced by CC Lemonhead and Jay Sky, the same guys who produced um, other Miami-based artists such as 69 Boys, Quad City DJs, and this and Dead. The song also sampled the song "Looking for the Perfect Beat" by Africa Bambaataa. Whoop! There It Is went on to reach number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 and by July of that year sold 1 million copies, hitting platinum status. 95 South hailed from Jacksonville, Florida and consisted of members artist A.B. Bartley, Carlos, Daddy Black Spencer, and J. Sky McGowan. Their sound was mainly that of what is called Miami Bass, and the group's name comes from Interstate 95, a north-south highway that runs along the East Coast, from Florida all the way up to New Brunswick, Canada, also through Baltimore. "Woot!" There It Is hit number 11 on the Billboard 100, while the album reached number 77 on the Billboard 200. Following this, the group released a second album in 95 called One More Again with a single called Rodeo, which peaked at number 77 and made a guest appearance on Aaron Carter's self-titled album. They had a song called Cheer For Me on the Bring It On soundtrack and went on to produce remixes for Drew Hill, LFO, and Jordan Knight. The group has continued to tour music festivals around the U.S., including college tours and private functions, and have released new singles, including the songs Riding in My Chevy and After Party. In 2016, they added a four-piece band and continued to perform. But while they released their single first, Woot There It Is would become overshadowed by another single that debuted just two months later. So it was in March 93 when 95 South's Woot There It Is came out, but in May of the same year another song came out with a very similar hook. It was by a group called Tag Team and the song was called Womp There It Is. something like this tag team back again Check it direct record let's begin Party on party people let me hear some noise DCs in the house jump jump rejoices There's a party over here a party over there wave your hands in the air Shake a dairy yeah These three words mean you getting busy Whoa it is hit me Listening to this now, I thought it was 95 South's version that I heard first and was more familiar with, but now hearing it, it's clear to me that Tag Team song is the one that I remember more. Tag Team is a rap duo from Atlanta, Georgia with Cecil, DC, The Brain Supreme, Glenn, and Steven Roland Gibson. Their song went to number one on the Hot R&B charts and number two on the Hot 100. It also went multi-platinum and broke records for the number of consecutive weeks at the top ten. The song has a prominent sample from a 1980 Italo disco song called I'm Ready by a group called Kano. Clearly, the main bass was taken from that song. Okay, so what is up with the two different versions and what is basically the same catchphrase? Well, this is where we have two different stories. First, the phrase. The phrase, woot there it is, apparently originated in strip clubs in the Atlanta area. It was a catcall of sorts, used as an expression of appreciation for strippers big butts and shaking their butts. So, Carlos Spencer of 95 South tells a story about how the group recorded the song and took it to an Atlanta strip club to play it. A club he claims that Cecil Glenn, a member of tag team and then a DJ worked at. Spencer seems to make the assumption that Glenn heard the track and decided to make their own version for Tag Team. But here's the clincher. Tag Team recorded their song in August 1992, while 95 South song was recorded in 1993. Facts are facts, America. Yeah, not really sure who came up with the idea first, but the fact is Tag Team did record it first. The story with Tad Team is that Cecil Glenn, the Atlanta DJ, played their version in the clubs and it was an instant hit. The strippers were asking for it. He then borrowed $2,500 from his parents to have 800 copies created and they quickly sold out based on word of mouth alone. Now, the minor differences between the two. Yes, there's some more differences. The 95 South version used the word woot and was more about sex and booty shaking the tag team version used the word WOMP and was more about partying and just having fun. Another difference and one that may have played a role in tag team's bigger success is that they didn't use the word Booty as some radio stations would not play a song back then using that word. Which in 2022 is wild considering the stuff I hear on songs now. Okay, The 95 South version did say Booty and my guess is With that, plus the emphasis on sex, it didn't get as much airplay. And funny enough, there was never any beef between the two groups. While they both had their own stories about how their songs came about, apparently there is nothing but mutual respect by all members. "Won't There It Is would be tag team's only hit. They released a second album in 1995 that tanked and the legal and financial issues began. The group's label, Bellmark Records, ended up filing for bankruptcy after settling a lawsuit which included a payment for the unauthorized use of the Kano sample. Them unauthorized use always get them. When the record company split up its assets, the ownership rights to the song were in question. Check this out after a 24 year dispute, Tag Team was able to retain 100% of the writer's share and receive a portion of the publisher's income for Womp There It Is. It was in 2019 that they reunited to perform the song for the San Francisco 49ers halftime show, Super Bowl, and went on to do the 2019 Hammer House party tour. Finally, in 2020, Tag Team popped up in a Geico commercial parodying the song with one called Scoop, There It Is. it! did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group Tag Team to help you plan dessert? Aww, fresh In a 2021 appearance of the Tamron Hall Show, tag team member Cecil Glenn was emotional in expressing his gratitude to fans who embrace the commercial and still enjoy the song. We're touching people now with this commercial. I scour the inter- internet every day and I see some of the most beautiful people enjoying um, this commercial. Aww. And it has brought all these people all over the world so much joy that... It's just incredible. And to be able to experience this and have this part of my life, know, you know, lets me know that, you know, I'm blessed beyond all recognition. That and is so beautiful. I appreciate everything. Indeed. It was, it was great to see them. I love that commercial. The next one hit wonder we need to cover is a song that was released in 1996, then repopularized in 2016 with A New Dance, which was totally out of nowhere. That one hit wonder was by a group called Ghost Town DJs and the song is My Boo. The song was released in May 1996 off of Jermaine Dupri's So So Deaf label. It peaked at number 31 on the Billboard Hot 100. The song was written by Carlton Mahoney and Rodney Terry and the lead vocal sang by Virgo Williams. Ghost Town DJs is a hip-hop group with four members, DJ Demp, Rodney Terry, Greg Street, and Keto and the sound was Miami Bass. Yeah, funny how Miami bass keeps popping up in all the songs I've profiled so far in this episode. Anyway, they chose the name Ghost Town based off of Luther Campbell's DJ crew, ghetto style DJs, and like the idea of Ghost Town, since it implies being heard and not seen as the group planned to not appear in any videos or performances. They only wanted the music heard. My Boo also did well internationally, particularly in New Zealand, where it went to number three and was certified gold, which means it sold 5,000 copies by their standards. In 2016, the song My Boo was repopularized by a viral dance challenge called The Running Man Challenge, which first started on Vine. We started with two young men from Hillside, New Jersey. Please welcome Kevin Vincent and Jeremiah Hall. There's so many dances out there, and you made this dance up, and how did you start this? Uh, Well, one day in my teacher Miss Graham's class, we were just sitting there, bored, just sitting there. Hi, hi, Miss Graham. Yeah, hi, Miss Graham. Uh, Yeah, and we were sitting there, and the song my boo just started playing in my head, so I was like, I'm just gonna, just gonna sing it. So I started singing, and, then and yeah. I started dancing it, and so we just decided to make a video. We just decided to be ourselves and be silly, yeah. so we, we decided got to post time, it. So yeah. All right, and so, and did the people in the class like the dance and start they trying? Honestly, they just sat there and watched us. <laughs> They didn't, they, I, they didn't. I don't know why. They just sat there and stared at us like real crazy. All right, so you sent the video, and then you asked me for help. You said, yeah. you know, you called me out. So of course, I'm going to have you on. Oh, OK. Um, and then these two basketball players actually made it go viral, right? Yeah, yes. yes. How did that happen? I, honestly, I don't know. One day, I just, I was doing the dance, and I posted a lot of videos on my Instagram. And then I woke up, and these guys, the Maryland basketball players, they did it. And yeah, we was like, we was like, <laughs> Like, what? Wait, we made this. Yeah, yeah and it, everyone's doing it now. It was just, it was crazy. I know, everyone's doing it. So let's bring them right uh, from the University of Maryland. Please welcome Jalen and Jared. Uh, congratulations on making these, uh, these men very, very popular. I mean, how did that happen? When did you see it? Um, I first saw it from Jared. Jared showed me the um, Instagram, and mm-hmm. um, I was just like, "Uh, we dance every day for our teammates in the locker room. So uh-huh. we the goofball. So yeah. we were like, hey, just like, let's make a move. Uh, a video to make everybody laugh so right. and basketball is such a grind especially at the college level mm-hmm. so we just try to keep our teammates loose in the locker room and um it's crazy because now other universities are doing it uh professional teams and celebrities now i recall hearing about this running man challenge on the news and <laughs> Watching these goofy ass newscasters doing this silly dance to this old song, I was literally like what in the hell? I did not know the story or how this went viral, all I could think was who dug up this song and decided to create a dance for it. It was so bizarre to me. So thanks to some creative young guys who just happened to have the song in their minds, they not only started a dance craze but also put the song My Boo back on the charts some 20 years later after it's released. My Boo was streamed over 12 million times and sold an additional 35,000 digital download sales. It went to number 14 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart and number 29 on the Hot 100. Crazy enough, I think it got more widespread airplay than its first appearance on the charts back in the 90s, but don't quote me on that. So what eventually happened with Ghost Town DJs? Apparently, after their video was shot in the 1990s, the group kinda disbanded. It seems this was an easy decision for them as they were never actually a group. More like a small group of musicians that got together to record and work on some music and at the last minute decided to give this finished piece a group name. So after the success of My Boo died down, the DJs just went their separate ways, working on their own projects. They were of course surprised and flattered when the song was brought back, recounting in an interview that that kind of thing usually only happens when an artist has died. For now, they're grateful for the resurgence, but there's no plans for any future projects together. And the last one hit wonder for this episode is a song that came out in March 1993. Another one. It was inspired by the short shorts worn and popularized by a character from the 70s show The Dukes of Hazard. The group is called Deuce and the song is called Daisy Dukes. Come on, baby, and kick them daisies. The song peaked at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100 and reached number 16 on the year-end Hot 100 singles. By 1994, it was certified two times platinum. So yeah, clearly this song came out during the big booty-shaking song era that was the mid-90s. And once again, it is by another group known for their Miami bass sound. Okay, maybe I should have just named this episode the one-hit wonders of Miami bass. I swear I did not plan it this way. Deuce was a rap duo, which consisted of members Ira L.A. Snow Brown from Los Angeles and Barbados-born Anthony Creo D. Darlington. Apparently, they were discovered while enlisted in the military at Fort Gordon. Hmm, I wish I had more info on how that happened. Okay, so real quick for the youngins who may not know what Daisy Dukes are and where it came from. So way back, way, way, way back in the late 1970s and early 80s, there was this TV show called The Dukes of Hazard*, which took place in rural Georgia. On the show was a character portrayed by actress Katherine Bach, who was named Daisy, just like the flower Duke. She was the cousin of Bo and Luke Duke, the main characters on the show. So anyway, Wikipedia describes her as a quote, scantily clad, rogue southern belle, end quote. Meaning she was a hottie and a sex symbol of that time. And her trademark dress was a flannel shirt tied up at the waist and some really short denim shorts. I'm guessing at the time there probably weren't many women like that dressed up on TV. But the shorts became known as Daisy Dukes after her character. When the duo, Deuce, released their song about the shorts, they changed the spelling of the name so they don't spell it the same way, in fact their spelling is a little crazy, but it would be their only hit. Afterwards, the duo focused on their own solo projects but still producing. L.A. Snow went on to produce the gold certified player punch song, What's Up What's Up, and he also worked with LaFace Records and artists B-Rock and The Biz. Like I mentioned before, when I put this episode's song list together, I did not know at the time that they all pretty much had influence from the Miami bass sound. (laughs) That's funny. But looking back, it's also funny how many great booty shakers we had in the 90s. Crazy question, do we still have many Miami bass songs out right now? Booty shakers? Yeah, I guess I have some research to do because if it's got a bump and beat, child, I'm with it. I'm with it. And that is going to be it for this episode, hoping to get another chance to do another volume of One Hit Wonders because there are a lot of great ones from the 90s. If you like this episode, do me a favor and tell a friend, share on social media, spread the word. Also, a big shout out to the people of Nigeria. I see y'all checking out the show and showing me some love and it is so appreciated. Thank you so much. And don't forget to get on social media and let me know, do you remember these one hit wonders? And don't lie. If you heard Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, you would start singing along. I know you would. Don't lie don't lie oh and of the whoop there it is won't there it is debate which one do you prefer truthfully i'm gonna go with tag team because that baseline though well that's my time to the next episode y'all yo man let's get out of here word to your mother